Welcome to Chuck and Anthony Ragnatalk, the limited edition prestige format podcast all about the greatest movie in the Marvel Cinematic Universe, Thor Ragnarok. I'm Anthony Carboni, sitting across the internet from a man who's not just trapped in a prison of his own emotions, but also in a physical, literal prison of snow and ice today, Chuck Wendig. Hello. Hello, Welcome sir. to uh, Ice Station Alpha. Yeah. Yeah. Are you? You're all snowed in, huh? Or just some just some normal November weather of like seven, eight inches of snow and some ice. It's great. Uh, yeah. It's when fine. you uh, when you emailed me last night, I was uh, I was worried you were going to die, Chuck. And yeah. I maybe I did die. You don't know. Yeah. And I didn't know what I was going to do uh, without you. I felt lost. What, what would you do? What would you do if I died? Well, I replaced you. But sure. um, okay. That's since like you already. lived. Uh, yeah. We're going to say oh, that I found is... us a guest for today. Oh, this is awkward. Uh, okay. And that guest is Trin Garitano. Hello, Trin. Hi, I'm Chuck Wendig, and I'm here to record my podcast. No, no it's happening already. Oh, no, no one, one would have been no, You sound wiser. just like me. Yeah. Uh, Hi, Trin. I know Trin as, the, uh, as one of the hosts of the Excellent Friendshipping Podcasts, and she's also a writer for uh, Asmani Games. Is that correct? I you am. Guys? Yeah. I am indeed. We're making an RPG, and it's all fluffy and cute and science fiction and pink and purple, and I'm super excited about it. Sounds rad. We need that. We need that in this this day and age. Fully agree. Yeah. Really, it's going to be the Thor Ragnarok of games. Wow. Whoa. Wow. That's what I would say. That's bold, that's but I'm into tough it. to live up to. But I believe in you. Thank I you. believe in your you. magic is real. I want to talk about Thor Ragnarok because this is a podcast only about Thor Ragnarok and nothing but Thor Ragnarok. Never. Nothing. Oh, I'm else. so excited. Uh, we open up. We are starting. Uh, we're 70 minutes in, minutes 70 through 80, I believe, this time. Uh, we, we start with uh, the end of the worst heart-to-heart talk in fucking history. Yeah. And best worst. The best worst. Just two best dudes worst, yeah. trying to figure out what are feelings. Two emotionally dead, hulking, beastly dudes. How, does, how do feelings? Uh, yeah. And in comes Valkyrie. I love her entrance, just messing with the guards on the way in. I know. I love Valkyrie, and I I feel like there is never any point in the movie where she's an actual good person. Yeah. You know? Like, she kills a lot of people as soon as you meet her, and then is just mean to everybody the whole way down, and, like, sells a lot of slaves. And and yet we love her, and I'm not sure why, but I definitely do. Yeah, she definitely— she feels like a natural part of Sakaar, and so you really don't fault her for anything she's doing. Right, 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 right. And, she, yeah. and she's just so... Everything about Tessa Thompson's performance just makes Valkyrie uh, likable. Tessa Thompson. God, put, put her in everything. Here's my question about Valkyrie. Um, I, was, I rewatched this for the upteenth time the other night, and I realized that Valkyrie is never actually given a name in the movie, mm-hmm. nope. we we don't actually call her Valkyrie. Like she's Scrapper One Forty Two, she's Booze Hag, she's Angry Girl, and all of these <laughs> names I feel yeah. like are way more accurate than just Valkyrie or the Valkyrie anyway. And I love that about her. Yeah, it, yeah, I do love that Hulk calls her Angry Girl because it really speaks to just. I mean, she's having fun with him, but like Angry Girl, like, it, he's got a kinship with her as a uh, beast composed almost purely of rage. Yeah. Yes. And that's that's just like a very Sakar thing, right? It's like, oh, you're angry. I'm angry. We're all angry. Yeah, let's just punch some. You're stuff the angriest. Together. No, I'm probably the angriest. We should be yeah. friends. <laughs> uh, I like. Uh, uh, I also like here the 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 Thor does another trying to casual lean like he does in Doctor Strange's house. Oh yeah, yeah, just fails. Thor is fails. this movie is just Thor failing at being cool yeah. in front of people. And yeah. the thing is, like, we've all kind of done that, right? Like, you've all done that thing where you're like, I've, I'm in a moment, I'm going to get, nope, that didn't work out, but I'm just going to try to just hope no one noticed it. That's his, his old default thing is, I hope no one noticed that I am not cool. Yeah. Well, I, I like that this movie feels like a very good transition from the, like, Shakespearean old Thor. And, like, this is a Thor who's lived in the modern world for a few years now. Like, he kind of understands humor. He kind of understands what coolness should look like, but he's not quite there yet. And I really love that characteristic about Ragnarok Thor a lot. Yeah, yeah he's in that transitional fish-out-of-water phase where, like, you go to college— 
you figure out what's cool at college as opposed to your hometown, but you still can't pull it off yet. Yeah. yeah. Sakar is college. It's really just a metaphor for college. Sakar. Sakar. College. Sakar. Violent. Yeah, trash college. Just violent trash college. Uh, I went to college in Florida, so all colleges are violent trash colleges. So it no, felt- so Sakar. Florida and Sakar actually really work together, don't they? They say that Florida, Florida is the Sakar of the United States. Oh my God. They even have that kind of the pastel kind of <laughs> tropical vibe. It like that works. the place where we store all of our lost and unloved people. Yep. So there we go, you know. <laughs> Florida, we're sorry. I mean, we're not that sorry. We're, we're pretty we're sorry. sorry. We're yeah, a little sorry. sorry. Yes. Thank you. As a representative of the state of Florida, thank you. Uh, I don't go back to Florida. Yeah. My, my mother lives in Florida and I don't go back. I, I, make her, I make her come visit us or I will meet her in some neutral state or territory. But I What's w- a neutral state? Like Indiana? Yeah, anywhere that's like, uh, anywhere that's good in the- and mis- Midwestern. The middle, yeah. just the middle. Yeah, meet in the middle. A little bit. Come to me, mother. Anywhere we thought was the end, like previous to the Louisiana Purchase, is basically where you want to meet up. <laughs> <laughs> and like, because like, I have this terrible fear that Florida will trap me in some way. Sure. Like, like a possum, y- like a, just a wild possum. Yeah. Like my friends and I called it growing up. We called it the fire swamp, and I have this terrible fear that I'm going to land in Florida, and. Everything will be fine, and then, like, something will happen. I'll be in the car on the way to the airport, or I'll be getting on the plane at the gate, and somebody will just be like, uh, Mr. Carboni, we need to speak to you for just a moment. And I'll find out that, like, I had a parking ticket in Florida when I was 16 or something, and I'll be just like, now I'm trapped. Now it's turned into a felony, and I'm trapped in the Florida, <laughs> like, criminal system until the oh, end of time. it's like a customs, time. like Florida customs. Yeah, it's like, like a whole other palace, country, but, like, lame. Yeah. You become you guys, uh, Florida man. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. You could be Florida man or one of the many unified Florida men. Have you guys seen Annihilation or read the book? Oh, yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, speaking of Tessa Thompson, that is like, he wrote that because he lives in Florida. Yeah. Like he, that, was, that, was, that was his Florida. Area X is just Florida. Whoa, really. that tracks. Yeah, that tracks, doesn't it? I did not know that, but now I yeah. feel, I felt it. And yep. now I know it academically and it's good. Annihilation, um, Florida. Let's talk about Hulk throwing a jawbone and screaming, stay, please. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> I, I, I recently listened to your guys' last episode talking about how Hulk was in his terrible twos. And like, that was such a good metaphor for Hulk. Like he, everything he does is really in the mentality of like, this, I, stay, I love you. You need to do this. It's very, very precious to watch. I will I smash you with a dinosaur skull. I love you. Yeah, please, please. <laughs> um, I also want to. Uh, I also want to point out the the as Thor is like, hey, listen, I've got. I want to make my elevator pitch to you, and Valkyrie's like, well, you have until the end if I drink this. Did, <laughs> did any of us uh, expect that quick the first time? No. no, no, I definitely expected like amusingly quick, but not the full on three gulp chug. It almost yep. looked CG. It almost looked like it has to be. It has yeah, to be. Yeah. Who can possibly intake that? I mean, I believe in Tessa Thompson, but that's intense. There was a uh, there was an article. There was an interview with Tessa Thompson, and, and I think the headline was just Tessa Thompson. Tessa Thompson knows exactly how you feel about her. <laughs> yeah. And it was about this this writer. She took Tessa Thompson to a bar in Fort Greene, um, and Tessa Thompson was like, "You took me to a pickup bar to do this interview." No, it's fine. I get it. But you did, didn't you? And like everybody, like the entire interview is about people in the bar just randomly hitting on Tessa Thompson, but they don't know who she is. They don't recognize her as film actor Tessa Thompson. They're just yep. like, this is the girl. This is yep. the woman right here. The way that I described Tessa Thompson in my life. So, so okay. So Thor Ragnarok was essentially cast from all of my deepest fantasies uh, because <laughs> it includes my husband, Taika, mm-hmm. and my wife, Kate. Uh, and I would say, and my girlfriend, Tessa Thompson. But that's not true. I am Tessa Thompson's girlfriend. It's really not the other way around. Mm-hmm. Like, she, she, it's, not, it's not a two-way street. And I understand that. That's, a, that's an okay component of our your, relationship. Your Tessa Thompson, this is everybody. Everybody is Tessa Thompson's yes. girlfriend. When yeah. Tessa's like in town for a work thing, she doesn't live where you live. No. You know what I mean? And it's like yes. entirely on her terms. You are yes. in her gravity. She is not in your gravity. You are picking up the bill, mm-hmm. not her. You're, yeah. you're, you're picking up the lift, 
Yep. Not her. But you're go- yes. you're going to meet her. She's staying 45 minutes away. There are no trains. <laughs> you know? But like, you're going. You're going. You're going. And may- you you're had going. plans. You're- you probably had plans with, yeah. with the person you're eventually going to marry. And you just yeah. got to go. Something Scrap came up. For a week, you are the mo- a moon to the earth or the earth to the sun. Like you're just you're just there. Yeah, exactly. Um, I wanted to point out uh, uh, our wonderful costume designer again. The asymmetrical capes on both Rubio, yeah. Thor and Valkyrie. Oh, yes, so good. I just I just caught that this last time I watched. I didn't I didn't I didn't notice it before. But they're both in asymmetrical capes. I love the Sakar asymmetrical cape. Um, and I did want to. There's a lot of capes. There's a lot of capes, but good capes. Yeah, like cape action is real. It's like Lando cape action. It's real. Yes, real. Uh, I did want to talk a little bit about. You were mentioning Valkyrie doesn't have a name, and I wanted to bring up a little bit about the history of Valkyrie in the comics because I think this is something that people immediately after watching this movie were like, "Wait, was is Valkyrie in a comic? Can I read a Valkyrie comic?" And uh, the answer is yes, you can. Uh, Her first appearance was in Avengers number eighty three in December nineteen seventy. Um, and in the, in the comics, she also does not have a name. She is the Valkyrie. Get out. I didn't know that. Yeah. She has a couple of, uh, she's been, she's inhabited the body of a couple of people. She's been forced a couple times to, uh, pretend to be mortal or to be trapped in mortal form. And, uh, she, uh, and in that, and in those cases she had like, I think, what was her name? Her name was Barbara. Barbara something. Bar- sure. Like Barbara Norris. Her name <laughs> of is- Of course. She had Barbara Norris. One of her other, uh, one of her other guys, mortal guises was uh, Samantha Parrington. That's a little Yeah. Weird. Okay, yeah, Barbara. better, better. <laughs> yeah, better, we're getting but there. We're getting, we're getting closer. Uh, and for a very long time, she was, even though she's from Asgard, she was more a Hulk villain or character than a Thor villain. So she was actually a very good pull for this film. Yeah, she's a nice uh, crossover. Uh, there is a, in the Ultimate Universe, there was a 19-year-old uh, Valkyrie uh, her, who, is, who has the Barbara Norris name, and she is a, a, a mortal girl who is obsessed with Thor and winds up being Thor's like live-in girlfriend for a while. Oh, no. yeah. No. I'm not... Mm. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> I'll pass. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> she has like she has no power. She calls herself she describes herself as a female Thor only without the hammer, the strength or weather powers. And she just basically <laughs> runs around trying to be a hero. Uh Sure. How old do we think Valkyrie is? Because she's definitely at least older than both Thor and Loki because the Valkyrie existed Hela, yeah. before they existed. Yeah. She fought Hela, so Right. So she's very old and boozy. She, yeah. yeah. But I'll, I'll tell you what, man. She's like one of those people where it's like, how do you party so much? Because we graduated at the same time and you look five years younger than me. And all yeah. I drink is fucking kale and, <laughs> and, yep. and activated charcoal. Now don't right. drink activated charcoal. I can't stop. Anthony. Now that I've started, I can't stop. And I know don't, it's bad for you me. Know what? I'm just going to keep. It's bad for you. No, you know what it is, is I can feel it cleaning me out. And uh, it's that's your organs shriveling. They are, it is chunks. Chunks are coming out, but I think they're healthy yeah. chunks. It's a filtering no. process. Nope. And don't listen to him, people. Gwyneth Paltrow says it's just cruft from the inside. No, that's, that's, <laughs> that's not cruft. That's something else. Oh, okay. That's Anthony Gwyneth Carboni, huge yeah. goop fan. Huge yeah. goop fan. Oh. Yoni egg. No. Yeah, no yoni it egg. took some it took some doing, but I got the yoni egg in. Um, yeah. <laughs> so uh, Thor is like, "Yo, you got to come back to Asgard. You are the sworn Odin guard, basically, and it's your fucking job." And uh, she's like, "Fuck you! Why would I do? No, yeah. no, shut up! Nope, that's a dumb reason." Like, and she <laughs> trails off a little bit. She trails off like some shit happened, and I'm not going to talk yeah. about it right now. But I love like that Thor genuinely believed you could appeal to this woman's sense of duty. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. This is very true. She does also pull like the most teenager line ever at that point. I don't help anyone. Yeah. It's just, it was just the most <laughs> in your face, 15 years old, angry at the world, just had puberty kind of. I don't help anyone. It's my least favorite line yeah. in the movie. I would it's say it's exactly what a teenager says before calling yeah. somebody for a ride. Yeah, <laughs> I don't help anyone. You have to come pick me up. I got in a fight. 
Um, but she does say, like, unlike Thor, because she is older than Thor, because she is aware of Hela, she does say, I'm tired of the throne, the secrets, the whole golden sham. She knows everything. Um, yeah. And I also do like that during this whole thing, Thor keeps, like, pushing the blade down. And oh, just, and then the second blade come, pops up. It's like, a, yeah. it's like a spring-loaded... <laughs> Nice. Uh, and it does end in a very teenage. Everybody in this movie is a fucking teenager. Yeah, they are. It does end with the fine. Toddler to teenager. Yeah. Fine. Fine. They're, lo- they're lost and un- unloved. They're on Sakar. Like, that's the whole thing. You know, everybody in this movie is dealing with some really crappy emotion. Oh my God. It's the Island of Misfit Toys. It is the Island of Misfit Teenagers. <laughs> oh, damn. <laughs> oh, my. This is the Breakfast Club movie of the MCU. I mean, even Grandmaster, his, well, an eternal being is basically just like a a weirdly, he's like a teenager on some Well, he's drugs. midlife That's crisis like dad. Oh, he could be midlife crisis dad. So he's sort of reverting back to teenager. Yeah. He's buying booze for the teenager. <laughs> yeah, exactly. He's sort of like, I'm a cool dad. Yeah, yeah cool I'm keeping dad. you no. prisoner, but you like me. Like, you like yeah. me. <laughs> like, I can rock, <laughs> right? No, right. you can't, dad. Um, but during this fight, we find out that Thor finally manages to pull off some subterfuge on someone else. He had a little subtlety. He got his command disc controller. Yep. Uh, but of course, the moment he pulls off something subtle, he has to. Yeah. <laughs> he ruins it. Maybe just there's like a give or in the in Thor land. There's like an every uh, you know action as an equal and opposite reaction. You know that's and that's not just a Thor land thing, right? You know we have that yeah. too. Oh no, I don't think that's true. No, that's that's actually like a, a, a sort of one of the bedrock Science. principles of, of physics. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, I don't buy I'm it. I'm not going to take a side here. Okay. Yeah. That's fair. Science is about being neutral and and listening to all sides. Yep. All sides have an equally. opinion. Equally. Yep. equally. All sides equally, heard. regardless of the amount of proof. Yeah. <laughs> right. Good. But this is, this is a very like, doing this as everyone here is a teenager, this is also a very teenage thing. You realize that you managed to effortlessly pull off something cool, and so you can't help but try to showboat and grandstand, and then it fucks up. Absolutely. Uh, so that's what heroes do. Hits himself in the head with a dodgeball. Yep. Back up, ready to fight. Like, yep, I'm swinging for the <laughs> like fence. Like nothing on happened. Like nothing happened. Yeah. I love that for a split second, every once in a while, this just turns into like a Will Ferrell movie. Like <laughs> intensely physical comedy that's just so cartoonishly dumb. Uh, we get a great musical cue here, like a, like a really heroic, action-y, kind of heavy metal, jumping through the window. I'm on Sakaar now. Mark Mothersbaugh, we love you. Yeah, the fucking range on Mark Mothersbaugh. This is like the most Mark Mothersbaugh score that ever Mothersbaugh. Yeah. Is he the same guy that did the music for the Rugrats? He did. Yeah. Th- that's and, so awesome. And Devo, he was Devo. And he was Devo, I mean, not, and he does, he, all the, all right. he does all the Wes Anderson scores. Um, dude's got range. He's yeah. brilliant. He is a brilliant dude. Um, so, of course, we get another uh, Hulk screaming friend stay. Yeah. But this one's like sad. It is sad. And actually in the, the deleted scenes, like he follows you, you get the whole scene as he follows after mm-hmm. Thor and just destroys like Sakaar as he's just barreling happily through. Yeah, it. or sadly kind of go it, through the, the street market and everything, and he's and he is like just screaming things like Thor stay. Yeah, Thor stay, friend. Your friend Don't friend, leave stay. friend. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. that's <laughs> yeah. so cute. Yeah, it's really good. We will we should probably do uh, an episode that's just the deleted scenes and stuff because oh we should we could do a thirteen part podcast yeah, yeah, about yeah. deleted scenes a, a forty five minute episode about every six minute deleted scene let's do it <laughs> let's do it yeah just a weird dice it up in one it'll be great let's do very feasible <laughs> we're just going we're going by that uh, we're going by like ancient Greek science terms where it's like if you have, if you keep cutting something in half you never move you know Zeno's paradox yeah this is exactly how we'll just keep the podcast going forever. Forever. Um, I do love, and you get more of this in the deleted scene, but I just love seeing Sakaar. I love- It's vibrant and d- destroyed, and it's just like, it really does look like a child's room after like a hurricane went through it. It's just colorful garbage and shapes everywhere. It's great. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I, I, I know that there's like, there's like a bunch of weird stuff going on with Disney parks and Marvel because uh, growing up in Florida, uh, we had Marvel superhero Island on in at the universal islands of adventure. 
So like okay. the Islands of Adventure is like cut up into a bunch of like you've got Harry Potter Island and then you've got like Cartoon Island and then there's a Marvel Island. And there's this like extremely long-term lease on the Marvel characters for theme parks and Universal has them, which is why there's like a very minimal amount of Marvel. And all the Marvel you see is Marvel stuff that wasn't part of the Universal parks. So like, why do we have a Guardians of the Galaxy ride and not a Spider-Man ride? Well, we can't have a Spider-Man ride because it's at Universal. We can't have a Hulk ride because there's a Hulk roller coaster at Universal, like that kind of stuff. Oh, I didn't yeah, know Yeah, it's very strange right now. Um, well, my understanding is some of that comes out of the fact that Marvel throughout its history has had wild ups and downs in terms of its finances. Yes. And so during the down periods, they are happy to like just dice it up and give it out to whoever they can. Well, this comes from the same period time. of time where like, okay, well, you have the X-Men forever, Fox. Right. right. Sony. If we need that money. You have, you have Spider-Man forever because comic books aren't yeah. selling and we don't know what to do. And we yeah. got to keep this thing alive. Um, so now, the, all of this being a podcast about Thor Ragnarok and only about Thor Ragnarok. Only, only. Uh, all I want is a Sakaar land. Yeah. At, at oh. Disney. It would be so dangerous and filthy. It would be amazing. All I want is a dangerous, filthy Disneyland, which I yep. think is just the, Six Flags. The Devil's Anus ride. <laughs> oh my God, Six Flags. <laughs> Great adventure, New Jersey. The Devil's Anus. <laughs> You just got to get a tetanus shot before you walk into the park. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Uh, There's like Valkyrie throwing bottle. Hip. She throws bottles at you as you go down the log flume. I remember the first time going to a Six Flags, having grown up in the very Disneyfied uh, Orlando, which like Orlando, Orlando is just people drinking on the street and throwing shit at each other. And like, it's it, Orlando's kind of not fun <laughs> Sakar anyway. That's like Fort Myers too. Yeah, by the way. I was there. It, Last year, it was Fort Myers. That's pretty much exactly it's Fort Myers. all of Florida, really. It's all of Florida. Uh, but when you go into Disney World, all that stops. And it's clean, yeah. and it's organized, and there are rules, and it's like, uh, but like... But like when I went to a Six Flags for the first time after moving to California, it was like, it felt like the exact opposite to me. It felt like everything. It felt you, like you left order and entered chaos. Yeah, like I remember yeah. standing in line at the at Magic Mountain and just like adults are drinking forties in line at Magic Mountain, and I'm like, "Is that allowed? Is that okay?" And it's like, Meh. I don't know. <laughs> Who knows? Yeah, it's a great adventure. Two kids are just hitting each other with sticks. Like literally, mm -hmm. two kids were just chasing each other around, hitting each other with sticks. At, no, no, that's that's medieval times. You're oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I know it's very difficult to to distinguish between like the Midwest theme parks, but Six Flags is they're hitting each other with corn dogs, and then with uh, <laughs> on uh, medieval times they are hitting each other with. Which sticks. one is yes. the giant chicken legs? That is also it's Ren, Ren Fair, uh, right? That's times. Ren Fair. Yeah. Oh, the Bristol Red. Yeah, yeah. The, I'm a I'm a huge Ren Fair nerd, so yes. <laughs> Nice. I have yet to go to the, the I have turkey. yet to go to the LA Ren Fair and it's supposed to be insanely good. Uh and every year it comes around and I'm just like, oh, I gotta go. Cause it's where like all the um all the cosplayers and all the prop builders and all that, like that's their Ren Fair. Oh yeah. And I imagine the performers too. There's a performance. Yeah. Level. So it's supposed to be really intensely good. And every time it comes around and we wind up being out of town and I'm just like, no, Ren Fair. Oh, you know, it's like being like at a haunted house designed by like actual effects people. We have one around here that's so intense, you might actually believe you're going to be murdered. Yeah. Uh, so I love those. Like that's people what are you like, want professional. In a theme park. Yeah. That's what murder. Do you ever do you ever do that Halloween horror nights? That's a very good time. That's a Universal no. one. No. Uh, where they do the entire Universal theme park as uh, just one big giant haunted town of some kind. Ooh. Uh, and Whoa. this year was the uh, was the purge. So there were a bunch of people running around trying to purge you. <laughs> Uh, it's very good. It felt like being right back home in Florida. Um, by the way, I'm disappointed that our Purge Babies franchise has not yet. No, taken but off. we're getting a lot of uh, tweets about it. I think it's picking up. It's I know, got I some. I feel heat. like it's picking up some steam. We could get that. Just we're so. Close. I think we can get that. I think we can get the screenplay onto the blacklist next year, like the uh, like the Ben nice. Schwartz sequel to Soap Dish. Yeah, it'll be like right. his sequel to Soap Dish, and then our Purge Babies. Purge Babies. You know, I'll call Franklin Leonard. We'll get it on that. It'll list. at least it'll get us fine. some some good general meetings. Yeah. Um, <laughs> that just got really, really bitter and inside. Uh, here we go. So uh, the Quinjet, when we get inside the Quinjet here, Thor finds his way to it. And I love how it's immediately earth colored. Yeah. 
We are yes. no longer on Sakaar. This is something that was built on Earth. Yeah. Um, and I do also like the uh, the voice activation bit. Everybody of likes course, this yes. bit. Strongest Avenger says it again. Like it's twice. That's the one he does twice. Twice. Yeah. It's the best running joke in the movie, <laughs> in my opinion. I love it so much. Uh, and I do love the I do love the point break thing. This is I forgot point break is a callback. Yeah, oh yeah, it's a callback. Like he had called he had called Thor point break in in Avengers in the right? first, first Avengers. Avengers. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then we get uh, then we get Hulk, of course, coming in and just destroying the Quinjet without realizing it. Yeah, just clumsy oh. or Hulk. And then we get. But I mean, like, does he not realize it though? Like he's got so many built up feelings and he's got so much built up feelings about Earth and about Nad. And like, I I feel like this is the point where Hulk finally processes things. Like sometimes you just need like a good scream and to like smash your friend's jet. Yeah. And then punch yourself in the face as it turns out. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I love that as as Natasha comes on uh, and, and starts going through what happened. Uh, he's punching himself in the face to stay the Hulk in like a very- yeah, and it's the first time like you get such a great uh, Ruffalo face on him. Yes. Mm-hmm. Like you can see it really, like, I mean, you've always been able to see the ghost of Ruffalo inside Hulk, but and now- And in mirrors. It, as it, if yeah, you walk by yeah, at midnight. True. true, he's there. By the way, did you, uh, have you ever noticed that I got into a scuffle, a Twitter scuffle with Mark Ruffalo? Did time? you really? I did, How? yeah. He's uh, like I, a cotton ball of a man. Well, that's- I made some, somewhere I made some sarcastic comment. It was clearly like a pro lefty like comment, but, mm-hmm. and everyone took it for the joke that it was, but he did not. And he retweeted it to all of his people. Yikes. And like, and like kind of just was like, he like scolded me. It was, and it, it, uh, but what's fascinating was I thought it would draw a lot of people mad at me, but what it, it happened was a lot of people were yelling at him. Like Mark Ruffalo. No, how do you, how dare you? Mark yeah. Ruffalo. Oh gosh! Like no, Mark. Nobody Ruffalo. could start oh, a no. Twitter fight like Chuck Wendig. I'll tell you. I, you know, it's I'm, but it's a. gift. It is a gift. I'm I'm it's saying it with the proper amount of admiration. Yeah, thank you. Um, <laughs> so precious. Uh, the one of my favorite favorite comic artists of all time is uh, Phil Phil Jimenez, and oh, and uh, the best. I wound up talk meeting him on Twitter because there was like this. I said something when when Homecoming came out or when they announced that Homecoming was going to come out. I was like, hey, when are we going to get a movie that tells us Spider-Man's origin story? Like, really? <laughs> <laughs> like, really? We let's haven't seen that yet. Why he's Spider-Man and what his overriding principles are. Um, <laughs> and Phil Jimenez, like, tweeted back at me that, like, uh, we like they've done that. They've done that like nine times. Yeah, because somebody like because somebody like retweeted some somebody else in comics, yeah. and then somebody like popped in. Somebody else popped in that I that I really love. I forget who it was. It was like Phil, Phil, dude, dude, get off Twitter for today. Yeah, <laughs> it's yeah. Read the read room, the room Phil. Phil. And he was like, oh, but now but now we talk to each other on Twitter all the time, which is nice. Yeah, yeah, he's great on Twitter. Yeah, he's very Twitter, nice. bringing friends <laughs> together. Origin story. Twitter. Yep, that's right. Um, so yeah, so then we get we get this Ruffalo Hulk has slowly turned into a Ruffalo esque face as the movies yep. have gone on. They were originally using the old model of Hulk, which was just made to like look cool while smashing a building, and yep. to and to sort of like work with the fact that the Bruce Banner actor at that at that stage was changing every three years. So he couldn't really look too much like Eric Bana or Ed Norton or anyone. <laughs> uh, but we started getting a more Ruffalo looking Hulk in definitely in Age of Ultron. But um, this is definitely the most Ruffalo Hulk we've ever had up to and including, as Chuck mentioned last time, his like beautiful little tufts of hair all yeah. over his body. Do you think, we'll, well, how long do you think? I mean, because we've got, it's, we can speculate. We can do that. Uh, everybody's fine, given Infinity War. Everybody's fine. Everybody's good. But do you think uh, Do you think Banner will continue to be fine? Or do you think it's time for him? Because, I mean, contracts are up, and he, you know, he's not a young man anymore, and yeah. maybe it'll be time for um, you know, Amadeus Joe or whatever, right? I mean, you got options. They're doing a good job of playing the fact... Marvel Studios really understands how much their audience follows the industry news about their stuff. Yeah. Which is like something that 
like studios didn't take for granted like 10, 15 years ago, but they've really been like, really been fucking messing with us, man. Like they know <laughs> that we know that all of the yep. phase one contracts are up. And it's like, I don't know. Is Tony Stark going to die? I don't know. <laughs> I know. What are the what are the chances you think we're going to see like a She-Hulk? God, uh, please. I would love please. to see Jennifer Walters. She's like one of my favorite characters in comics. She's so good. So good. I want a giant green sexy lawyer lawyer, yeah. yeah, to throw people around for my entertainment. And and be an awesome lawyer at the same damn time. I, you, there's nothing to say that you can't be strong and green and also be excellent at your lean in. Yep, lean in, She Hulk. Think about it. No, I would love to see that. I would also love to see Amadeus Cho. I think. Yeah. Here's what I think about about Ruffalo though, is he doesn't have to do up until this film. He doesn't have to do as many days as everyone else. Like it's really easy no, for him he, to pop in, be the Hulk, pop out. Yeah. Right. So he may be around a little longer. Yeah, just because they can. And also, people fucking love him, man. They should. He's so good. He's just a good, a good, nice, warm dude. He was running around. I'm sorry. I'm sorry I fought with you, Mark Ruffalo. Yeah, sorry. We're all sorry, Mark Ruffalo. I've never fought with you, but if I ever did anything, Mark Ruffalo, that was against your, like, against your guiding principles, I'm sorry. Uh, You should write a holy book, a Mark (laughs) Ruffalo holy book. (laughs) Uh, We get the, uh. I love that the first thing he says when he turns back into Banner, talking about our sweet, soft boy, what happened to your hair? It looks good. <laughs> <laughs> and this is like, Trin, talking about like, talking about the most bisexual movie of all time. Yes, let's. <laughs> okay, so first of all, the moment that Chris Hemsworth got his hair cut is when he finally like acquiesced to the female gaze because that hair was there for him to look soft and reasonable for the male audience. Mm. No, he's officially looking good for the ladies (laughs) and for the dudes who are into dudes. Nobody liked that stringy do. Nobody. It was the one of the worst wigs in the MCU other than every wig that Black Widow has ever worn. (laughs) Do you remember the eyebrows they gave him in the first Thor? Oh, so they so gave him blonde, the Zach Morris so eyebrows. <laughs> I'm just not interested in thinking about those eyebrows right now, because like everybody else is very much okay. You mentioned okay. Are we? Is this where we're going to talk about how gay this movie is? Yeah, because do it. I'm, I'm yeah, let's go. go. Do it. Let's go. Okay. Okay. So first of all, space Jeff Goldblum. You can't put Jeff Goldblum in a movie and not appeal to everybody who is into dudes. First of all. Second of all. Kate Blanchett. Okay. I like, I look at Kate Blanchett and I want to like take out my eyeballs and eat them so I can like re experience looking at Kate Blanchett. <laughs> you know the thing like that natural instinct that we have where we see a, we see a cute baby and we just want to, we want to like devour it? Yes. Yeah. That's, yes. Wait, you yes. guys don't, do you guys not eat babies? I don't. I mean, I'm not um, not oh, eating babies. Oh, no, I don't either. I don't either. It's cool. I mean, <laughs> you know what, what I mean? What? That's weird. What? Uh, weird. But yeah, that's how I feel. Like it moves beyond, it moves beyond a sexual thing and into like, I just have to devour Kate Blanchett and, and she has to be yeah. a part of me. Space daddy <laughs> and space mommy. I have to integrate her into my being in yeah. some way. Sure. And the other thing I'll say about Jeff Goldblum is Jeff Goldblum is one of those, one of those guys too, where men who are very, very, um, like almost toxically straight. Um, mm. Jeff Goldblum is one of the guys where they will admit they find Jeff Goldblum charming and attractive. Yes. Yeah. Because, I mean, it's almost not gay for a dude to find Jeff Goldblum attractive because he's just, he's ex- It's not gay to want to slow like mouth art. kiss Jeff Goldblum. Yeah, that's Absolutely. okay. You want to okay. dive into that waterfall. <laughs> yeah. That's what you want. You want to get into a barrel and you want to fall off the edge of the Jeff Goldblum waterfall. Uh, you know the uh, the the animated uh, gif slash gif of uh, Sam Neill on the gently rising and falling chest of Jeff Goldblum of, uh, yeah. yes. of Jeff Goldblum. Right, right. That That's yes. what, that could that could be a ride. Put that a, oh, as that a ride. Should be the new Jurassic Park ride. Should be a ride. Get it in Chuck, there, Disney. I f- Universal. I feel you. <laughs> yeah. I feel this. And this is like, uh, thank and, you. And this is yep. not even getting to, I mean, I guess we, we touched on it a little bit earlier, but Tessa Thompson is like uh, a freaking icon right now. Yep. Yes, She's, absolutely. Uh, and then Hiddleston, Hiddleston is as well. Like Hiddleston. Hiddles. Yeah. Sweet Hiddles. 
I'd like to point out that, uh, so capes. Yeah. Okay, we talked about capes earlier than this. All the capes in this movie are very aesthetically pleasing. They're very functional. uh, And they are on all of the hottest characters. This is because when you wear a cape, for the duration of your cape wearing, you are bisexual. If you take off the cape, you can be straight again if you want. Now we're talking but, science. This is science. Well, yes, this is biology. This is physics. So it's you just be. It's less a spectrum and more an accessory. Uh, it's not uh, an accessory so much as you have the option to put it on for a while, see how okay. it feels, test it out, and you know, I mean, you can you it, you can remain such yeah. once the cape is removed. So the cape is part of the spectrum. It is all part of the spectrum, especially the half cape that we are seeing in this movie. Oh, yeah. Full capes, full on It's very on trend, too. Like, all the costuming Mm -hmm. in this movie is now stuff that, like, you look at, you look at, like, um, you look at the, you look at like fall design for right now, and it's all very drapey, asymmetrical, like, geometric like Thor is yeah. like this is a very fashion forward Thor movie in a way that I really yeah, I just want like. a little more Sakaar in the current yeah. fashion. Yeah. Just a little more right of now that, it's like, also it's also cast. all blacks and neutrals and grays yes. and things like that. I want a little Sakaar color. Yep. That'll that'll spice up winter. A little winter. Sakaar like color it. is all I'm asking for. Um but yeah, but also in the performances like this thing here like you change your hair, it looks good. Every character mm-hmm. is playing Every actor is playing this character like this character has a crush on every other character in this movie. As they well should. Yeah. And also like they're a little spurned that maybe the crush isn't returned. Yeah. Right? Yeah, it's a little just catty crush. Oh. I think that it's important to point out that the Valkyrie has at least a little bit of sexual tension with every single character she interacts Mm -hmm. with. Even the one, even the one Valkyrie who like almost saves her. That's her wife. Yeah, that's, yeah, that's my friend. So, yeah, yeah. Yes. Do we want to talk this about is, her wife? Because I would talk about her wife. This is something that we we are definitely going to get into. We're we'll very close to it, and I don't want to I don't want to okay, derail okay. us before we get into it because it is a huge point right. that I want to make. Uh, but I'll, let's wrap up what's going on with our two with our two good boys because we're about to get to the flashback, and I think that's when we want to discuss this. Um, mm-hmm. So uh, I've been Hulk for two years. This is something that scares Bruce. Um, but then he turns on the Quinjet and it's a uh, welcome strongest Avenger, which I like. <laughs> that, that doesn't sound right. <laughs> Thor, Thor's like beats in this are just so like, I can't right? and then the whole thing, like we had a fight and it's like, well, did I win? No, I definitely no, won. I won. Easily. <laughs> yeah. Easily. Easily. <laughs> like he tosses it out there. Uh, the other thing I like that's going to come back, not in this segment, but, but uh, in the next, in next episode is these are Tony's clothes. This is yes. a gag that works and it blows my fucking mind that this gag is going to work next episode <laughs> because it means that we are all invested in the Marvel Cinematic Universe enough that that joke is going to work. It lands. That's yeah, it lands. fucking crazy. It's so good, It's too. so good. Uh, we go back to the Grandmaster who is uh, really pissed that his champion is gone and I love his, like, his read of upset. <laughs> yeah that's the jeff goldblum like the melody the song of jeff goldblum is always there and this is where like his his sing-songiness and his pleasant demeanor that we talked about this is where we uh we talked about how people in power are always incredibly pleasant to you because they have nothing to lose they might as well be because you don't matter uh this is where Mm -hmm. we start seeing that chip away and when they and and when that chips away is when things get really scary yeah, venom and threat are in there. There's like a real yeah, and moment. and Jeff Goldblum is very good at playing that subtly, um, which is which is great because I think we've sort of lost the Jeff Goldblum has lost the reputation for being a subtle actor because he's one of those guys yep. where he gets hired now to play to be Je- space to be Jeff, Jeff Goldblum. Goldblum. Yeah, like he's like right. a Christopher like we, a Christopher uh, Walken or something like that, where it's like just yeah. lean into you people's impression of you. Can we briefly talk about his appearance in the new Jurassic World? Because we, I know we only talk about Thor. This is only, only, yeah, this is only, only. I've got a few minutes so, to talk about Jurassic World. Yeah, no, okay. Well, uh, well, what was the point of Put that? him in the trailer, it get us back in there. That's it, that's it. Just a sucker move for us. And his, you know. I, I, I'm, I'm okay with a movie about an underground okay. dinosaur prison. Yeah. I think yeah. that's an interesting idea. 
I agree. I'd I'm like in. to explore an underground dinosaur prison, both thematically and in real life. As as a ride. Yeah. It, it, you, but yeah. damn. Damn, they fucked up that dinosaur prison movie. Boy, Boy anyway, this is only about Thor Ragnarok. Only about Thor um, Ragnarok. I do love the little back and forth between him and Topaz here. Like, why would I get the melt stick? Interrupting is not a capital violation. Ah, <laughs> oh, Topaz is such a good character. So and good. she's so well played. Like, they cast those two characters, like, Grandmaster and Topaz are such a good match. Rachel House has this like very she's so good at like yeah. deadpan, but it but it's this yeah. deadpan where you were talking about like we're all play they're everyone's playing their character as though they have a crush on every other character, but they feel a little spurned. Topaz is like 80% spurn, 20% yep. crush. She's long spurned. Yeah. She's been spurned for a very long time. By the way, I still meet people who have not yet seen Hunt for the Wilder People. Get fucked. And, uh, right? Don't eat activated charcoal. Stop asking us about episode get fucked, two. jerks. And, and watch. And get <laughs> fucked, jerks. Just get fucked. If you haven't seen it, what the hey, fuck? Get fucked. I can't, jerks. I can't even with you people. Don't, Don't even. I won't. I will not even. No. Get fucked. No, no evening. Everybody went and saw Underground Dinosaur Prison. How come everybody's yeah. seen Underground Dinosaur Prison? Nobody's seen Hunt for the Wilder People. This get is wrong. Fucked. Uh, I like the I like the one-upsmanship between Loki and Valkyrie here. Uh, I can do it in twenty-four. I can do it in twelve. Anything you can do, I can do better. There's also a great um, guard behind Loki, and he has almost like a cat. Yeah, head. it's a very. I only noticed it on the last viewing. I'm like, that is just a fantastically bizarre guard. God, outfit. Thor Ragnarok is second, I think, only to Star Wars for just like let's really go hard in the paint on these throwaway background characters. Yeah. Um, so we get a quick reminder that Loki is a fighter. Uh, we needed that reminder. He and he and Valkyrie are going down the hallway and he grabs her wrist, which like, my dude. Yeah. <laughs> Even Mistake. in space, Don't it's 2018. Yeah. That was Don't a bad move. grab bad a move. lady's <laughs> wrist. Don't grab anybody's wrist. No. Don't right. grab people. Stop grabbing people. Is that people. person your child? And is your child under 15? Yeah. Don't grab. No. And of all of the ladies to grab, the one with two daggers was probably the wrong yeah. choice. Yeah, I love no. that they go, they, they can go dagger for dagger though, which I really enjoy. They're both two hidden dagger people. <laughs> yeah. And actually, uh, routinely, she bests Yes. Give them a little smack. You, I like yeah. the way she plays all the action up till now because it, none of it is action with stakes for her. Uh, and so I think it's really interesting the way Tessa Thompson plays these little exchanges where there's like a very serious look in her eye, but also like a smirk. You know what I mean? Like, oh, I have to take down these, ba- like the, these fucking Mad Max gang members to get Thor. <laughs> ha ha, smile. You know what I mean? Yeah, like I'm drunk. This is all going to be yeah. a cool little test. And she does that here too. Um, until Loki does, I guess, the Loki mind meld, which he has. Is sure. this the first time this has ever showed up in the movies? I actually I wasn't yeah, sure Yeah, and like... Yeah, it just happens. It just fucking happens. He's just like, oh, Loki does a mind okay, meld cool. now. Yeah. Oh, all right. Oh, okay. But I, I guess I... I guess I buy it because Loki is so good at manipulation and subterfuge that he had to have learned people's psychology in some way. Right. I mean, and he's, he's a god. god. So he's a tricky, he's tricky, a tricky dude, tricky guy. Yeah. Um, so this is where we get into everything. Cause he says, I thought all the Valkyries died gruesome deaths. And she says, choose your next words wisely. And then he mind melts. Yep. There mm-hmm. are And then we get the Chiaroscuro. Yes. Light and dark. It's fucking good. You're saying it like boo, 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 so but you cool really mean looking. it. No, yeah. no, no, you it's really beautiful. Mean it. It's beautiful. I mean it. <laughs> I fucking yes, mean it. 100%. I have seen there are so many times in so many different mediums and TV and movies, like in, in games, everyone has tried to do a Chiaroscuro, a fresco, this like Caravaggio look. In a film. And it works. And this is the first time it's ever fucking 100% worked and looked the way it was supposed yeah. to. Uh, I want it on my oh wall. God, yeah. At all times. Uh, so there are two, 
two big things to talk about in the scene. One is the technical aspect of the scene, and the other one is yeah. uh, what the fuck happened to Valkyrie and sort of what happened with Tessa Thompson and her character choices and sort of uh, the way those choices were handled after the movie was over. Uh, why don't, let's, let's talk about that. Yeah. Let's talk about her beautiful Let's talk about her wife. gorgeous right. wife uh, who sacrifices herself uh, to save mm. her. Um, there was a scene in this film. Uh, it was an ad lib by Tessa Thompson, but a lot of this movie is ad libbed and a lot of it stayed in where she does confirm that that person, that, that Valkyrie was, was her love, was her partner. Uh, and that scene was cut. Yeah. Um, and it, once again, it wasn't part of the script, but a lot of this movie wasn't part of the script. And Tessa Thompson was a little pissed. She was like, this is clearly the way I was playing the character. This is clearly who I am. Yes. You hired me to play this character. I felt supported on set with my choices. What the fuck Mm -hmm. happened? Yeah. Well, and it's also like so much happened from that one stabbing. Okay. So if that was just like her fellow soldier, uh, you don't go put yourself into exile for actual millennia if your coworker gets stabbed. That's not how that works. Like, it has to be your wife with a capital W. Like, she's been drinking, hanging out with mercenaries and, like, the government and other bad people. And it's not—she's not doing that because she feels great, you know? Like— and and you don't feel that way, again, just if your buddy gets stabbed by the goddess of death, but really just death by stabbing. Yeah. This is the thing that I think we really— uh, require representation on screen, not just in ancillary materials like comic books and uh, from my personal POV novels, uh, but it's really time to, to break that on screen in a big, obvious, clear way. And uh, I feel like that continues to be a thing that hasn't happened yet. And, and specifically in these, I don't mean like in film in general, but I mean in these big uh, epic franchise story world products. There's this, I, um, call it, these- I call it rolling now after jk rolling yeah. because oh, oh yeah she oh. loves to the play winky, in the winky. margins right she lo- like yeah. it's very safe to play in the margins it's very safe to play yeah. dumbledore's gay that's the way i always pictured him you fu- you of should course. fucking say it you talked about yeah. how Is everybody even- felt uh, when they were in love with somebody you said it it was a children's book there isn't a lot of fucking subtext if he's gay it would have right. come out that he was gay um, yeah, and it's not like she was like the screenwriter of a movie that got taken out of right. her hands. Like you wrote, you wrote right. the book, so you could have just you had put it total right control, total control. Yeah. And we've we've seen this in the margins of a lot of these things where it's like, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Of course, of course, Valkyrie's bisexual. Well, if Valkyrie's yeah. bisexual. Holdo and, uh, why did you pull Jedi. that out? I know right. why you pulled it out. Right. You pulled it out so my aunt could go to the movie and say like, oh right. yeah, Valkyrie's friend. The same way she thinks that yeah. my cousin John has a friend that he's lived with for 30 years. <laughs> a long, very friend. Yeah, his very good animals, friend, yeah, right. Vince, that they adopted yeah. a child yeah. together. You know what I mean? Like, right. there's no yeah. other reason to say this other than like, hey, look, we've got a really good track record here with the MCU. We haven't gotten any blowback on, on anything major. Let's just keep it that way. Yeah. And it's really frustrating, I think, in particular, because it's, it to me as somebody who is bisexual, it feels very overt that Mm -hmm. she's bi. Just like the way that her character is coded, um, like I said, she has low-level sexual tension with everyone she interacts with and everybody has low level sexual tension back at her. Like it's, it, she's very pan, if not bi. And it's very weird to me that, that the one thing that they cut was her saying well, it even, out loud. Yeah. Right. Like, yeah. Like you say, it's the most bisexual movie in the MCU and it kind of is, but at the same it time, is. they don't own it. They don't they earn don't. it and own it. So it's all yeah. coded. Uh, my wife, my wife is yeah. uh, also bisexual and she felt the same thing. She was just like everything about the way, not just the way Tessa Thompson was playing the character, but the way they decided to, uh, the way they the way they decided to style the character, the way they decided the character's wardrobe was going to be. Yes. Everything about her feels right. like she is meant to be bisexual. Even Hella, we know that we're supposed to be like we know exactly that Hella is this like femme fatale, right? But yes. well, because 
typically they what will happen in freaking movies is that when you want to uh, cast uh, a, a woman who is supposed to be like you know sexual, you'll cast the youngest possible person that you can. Cough, cough, Scarlet Witch, and cast them uh, opposite uh, the oldest possible dude you can. You know, so like they didn't. They did not cast a 19-year-old and have her, like, you know, with her midriff plunged down to whatever. Like, they had Kate Blanchett. If you cast a very sexy, full-clothed woman in her 40s to do action, you're going to attract gay ladies. That's who you're attracting. And, like, please, just own it. We're here. We're buying the tickets. We're watching the movie. I literally did not see the first two Thor movies. I could not give a crap. But, you know, Taika Waititi, I know that he's allegedly straight, but— he definitely has like the full powers of a bisexual, <laughs> and like, and that's what drew put, me in. He put I mean, on like, the, the whole cape. movie is. Yes, he did. He did. He he, he probably has he probably a does. cape that he takes oh, on d- and oh, off. You in know, the at- in the behind the scenes, there is a behind the scenes of him directing in like a full like loose cloak, like a very like Issy Miyake looking like fall <laughs> coat, and I'm just like, God uh, damn it, Taika! It's that no onesie. Taika. Um, yeah, it, it, it was a real bummer. It's, it's one of those things where Jessica was very, my wife was very like excited by how much they, they allowed themselves to go into this territory. And then it's one of those things that I, and she, like, she, she feels this way a lot. She's like, oh yeah. And like, this character was clearly this. And it's so cool that they're letting this character be this. And, and then like an hour later, she'll be like, but they never said it. Fuck, yeah. they right. never said and it. And it's worse that they cut it. Yeah. It's not even oh, just that they 100%. never said it, but it's like a, it's a willful mm-hmm. uh, evisceration of that single important thing. And here's thing. what's crazy is like, Ugh. in order to save money on a little bit of, uh, on a little bit of backlash from like the literal dregs of society. Um, yeah. I think, I who think. would have seen it anyway? That's the thing. Any- People always are like, oh, they're not going to, they're going to see it. They're just, you just oh, don't want to hear from them it. afterward. No, you won't. It'll make a billion yeah. dollars. Yeah. And yeah. then the women like me will go see it with their gay friends yeah. over and over again. Right. Which I did three times, but I would have done it five if Tessa had been actually Well, and that's by. the thing. Did you hear that, Marvel? The genre fiction, uh, and particularly like this sort of like fandom, this fandom oriented fiction, this, this like, the machine of fandom right now is overwhelmingly, if you look at the numbers, young and female. Yes. It's a lot of people are still making decisions like the core audience for this thing is still a 35 year old, a 35 year old white guy. Right. Cause. And it never really was no. that. <laughs> it was just portrayed and depicted but as that. A lot, most genre fiction and the fans that are going to participate the most and, uh, in a very real, like, material way, buy into your franchise yeah. are mm-hmm. predominantly younger and female. And it's crazy yep. to me to watch, to watch not just this, not just these movies and these and these sort of franchises, but also like the kind of cottage community of like serving those fandoms, like YouTube channels and like criticism and things like that. Also, kind of like pushing those communities to the side a bit when it's like, dude. Who's buying your comics? Who's buying your merch? Who's like recommending this shit to friends and watching it over and over and over again? The, and the thing is like, you look at, because I know there's always the the completely inaccurate, uh, awful fucking presupposition that this has something to do with children. Uh, like mm-hmm. children should not see these things. Great. Some of the cartoons that are out right now are handling this way better, whether you're talking about Steven Even Universe fucking or universe. Craig, Craig Steven Universe. So good. Craig of the Creek, She-Ra. I mean, you're really handling this in a way that, and like, my son doesn't look at this and be like, hey, what's happening here? He's just like, whatever. Like, this is how people are. And I don't care at all. That acknowledges reality. Yeah. You know, like, I mean, that's the thing. When people are like, oh, you know, this is for kids and I can't talk to my kids about like homosexuality, bisexuality. That's ridiculous because you are just ignoring a reality that your kid will now not be prepared. I can't to talk do to my that. children. Yeah, that will nest in there. I can't talk to my oh, children ahead, about fire. <laughs> <laughs> if I talk to my children about no. fire, what if the, then a fire will happen? Then fires yeah. will burn. Burnt. They'll be burned. Right. But it's not. It's not even fire. It's not even anything dangerous. But they're treating yeah. it like they're treating it as though it's something dangerous. And so they're like, I will never tell my child about Bernoulli's principle of lift. And so they will never get into an airplane <laughs> and they will never crash. 
Yeah, yeah. But it, and it's also wild the way that we deal with heterosexuality. So if you think about even the beginning of Guardians of the Galaxy, the way that they introduce Star-Lord is he slept with a woman he doesn't care about yeah. who rolls out of his ship. He's super and hetero. It, right. So it's like if we can establish right away that male characters are so straight, then how come we can't have one line where it's like, <laughs> yeah, no, I, that was my wife. I, I will tell you why, and it's not a good answer, is a terrible answer. Um, well, I, I, yeah, right. And why. But. <laughs> uh, no, but I mean, like part of it is like growing up, right? I had a father who was super homophobic. And uh, I, we grew up in a town, um, technically outside of town, called New Hope, Pennsylvania. And uh, the town itself was renowned for being kind of a haven for uh, the LGBT population. Um, and so it was a cool town to go to. They had great coffee houses. They had like awesome, like, you know, kitschy shops and stuff. So it was great to go to. And uh, anytime you would go there, he would have this like talk or this like anger over it. Like I would catch homosexuality by going there. Like it would be a <sighs> thing. It was a viral. So any exposure to it is viewed as a, is almost like propaganda or a virus that you catch it. And now that's it's too late. Now I I'm gay. Yeah. Oh, and now, no. even if that, of course, never mind. he should have been fucking fine if I was or wasn't anyway, but. Right. But, it, but here's the thing. It, it's not even just like, Oh, you'll catch this. Oh, you'll catch this. It's, Hey, if you even think that this is a little bit okay. Yeah, and there's something exactly. in you that thinks that this is all right, then you will lean into what you are. Yep. You know, it's 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 that whole like um, the whole f- uh, fake uh, idea that um, Tumblr turns people into like non-binary bisexuals. But <laughs> no, it's the it's the exposure to this idea of something that's already within you. And holy crap, that has a name. I mean, what a beautiful thing to be able to see yourself in media and say, oh wow, I'm not a broken straight person or a broken gay person. I am a different thing. I'm bisexual and I'm good. I'm a really great bisexual. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> there right. is a, there's a lot of like, <sighs> there's a lot of weird uh, uh, stress around just giving things a name and giving thing word, giving things words, right? Like the whole idea of like, right. Oh no. Or using, using a textbook definition of something because that's the only way you can use the definition. God forbid words change, or God forbid we learn more and have more nuances in words, especially when it comes to things like gender, where it's just like, no, 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 100%. gender is is this or this. And it's like, well, that's because most people outside of the medical community use gender and sex as like the same two words. Yeah. Like, it's like history. Right, You're right, trying right. to figure out who's you defining you can't it. Just yeah. use a, you can't just use a dumb colloquialism and decide that that's the way things are. Uh, and that's the, like, that's the most, ins- I think that's the thing now is like, there's not as much outward fuck you hate because people now, people now are not, oh, I'm not homophobic and I'm not racist. They're just uncomfortable. Right. And so now, yeah. and so now what's happening. May I introduce you to my Twitter yeah, feed, by so, the way, because <laughs> so, some of those people are decision still like this where it's like, we're not going to put it in the main movie, but we can put it on the press tour afterwards is catering yeah. to the people who are just. They're just uncomfortable if it's just too out yeah. there. Yeah. Get it in the movie. Put <laughs> Get it, in, it the movie. in the movie. Put it in the fucking um, movie. Put it in the, anybody at any time in this movie could have kissed and I, and it would have been believable plot and character wise. Yeah. You'd be like, yep. A yep. thousand percent. In fact, it's less believable oh that God. they're not all trying to just like, can we, can we do that now? Can Wait, we kiss? Are we doing it? All of us together in a room. Um, this is why, it's this is why Riverdale is the greatest television show and, it's my birthday. It's my birthday. <laughs> Dude, there's there's more cut stuff with him doing that. That's yeah. fucking yeah. gold. So good. Oh, it's so um, good. But let's talk about this Valkyrie scene on a technical level before we before we call this, because it is really beautiful. Uh this was created by a company called Satellite Labs, and the tech uh, the tech itself is called Dynamic Light. Uh, and what's cool is one of the founders of Satellite Labs, like how did this how did this technology get found? How did how did Taika YTT learn that this existed? Because it was co-invented by Stu from What We Do in the Shadows. What? Yeah. Uh-huh. What? That's like my favorite fun fact ever. <laughs> Stu from <laughs> What We Do in the Shadows, before he was an actor, was just a guy. He was a he was a guy on movie crews who worked in in the camera and effects department and just started being put into things. Uh, so Stu goes to uh, Taika and goes, I've got this thing that I've been working on. It's going to fucking blow your mind. You need to use it in your movie. So the way mm-hmm. dynamic light works is the camera shoots at a thousand frames a second. 
It's a 4K camera that shoots at 1,000 frames a second. You hit a button and you get half a second. So you got to time everything perfectly. The lights are on a giant ring, but they can be put onto any sure. sort of arm or, or rack or whatever. And then that arm rack ring can move at 10,000 feet a second. Oh, <laughs> right. So, and then in this case, it's a ring with a 20, with a 20 foot radius. Uh, and the ring has a thousand basically camera flashes on it, like really bright camera flashes. So for every frame of video, there is a different light going off and these are oh. perfectly synced. So you hit the button, you swing Tessa Thompson out on what is essentially like some junior high fucking gym equipment like she's just on a fucking yeah. tube like yeah. that horse is entirely digital <laughs> but they swing her out she gets half a second to like emote and do her entire performance and every frame of end the ring moves with her so she's always in the center so it's constantly spinning around her it is fucking crazy and the only behind the scenes clip of it was posted to Taika Waititi's uh Twitter, where he's just smashing garbage at a thousand frames a second to test it. <laughs> he's just like smashing like metal and stuff. And he's like, look at how cool this is. <laughs> I love it. It just looks so beautifully dreamlike and and just it looks like a memory. It's, it's gorgeous. Really unbelievable. They um and they use a lot more, even though there's a ton of digital. I found a great like layer by layer VFX breakdown of it but there's a lot of practical in there too. So the fallen Valkyrie, her cape is practical. So think about this. You're shooting at a thousand frames a second. She's physically falling. You've got to hit the button at exactly the right time to get half a frame of it or half a second of it. And you got to hope that the cape is lying the right way as she's just right. Just right. Cause they're not doing it digitally. That's crazy. The other thing that's crazy about it's it- It's chaos, but glorious it's chaos. It's amazing. Um, the other thing is like, you can only do something like this with actors of the caliber of Kate Blanchett and uh, Tessa Thompson, because it's like, you have a half a second to get across everything. Right. This is not, this is not a scene where I don't know what these characters are thinking or feeling because it's just slow right. motion cool. This is not a Zack Snyder 300, I'm swinging a sword and I look badass. Right. You see right. when she first swings in, Valkyrie like thinks, "Oh, I've got this. We've got this. We're going yeah. to win." And you can yeah, you can see like the absolute joy on Hela's face. You can see like everything that's going on in a half a second in a dark room. Yeah, each of those frames is beautiful. It's a painting in of itself. That the where, where Hela looks um manic with delight and she is framed by all of her blades at various points of uh, attack is uh, ah I mean movies are fucking wild (laughs) y'all and it's all all that emotion is conveyed basically within one anguished scream from Tessa and one delightfully manic scream from Hella it's insane I love it this this is I mean god we say it every time Chuck this is one of my favorite chunks of the movie (laughs) yep Right? Uh, and we do get another one of these perfect endings. Uh, this movie, uh, Trin, has been doing these perfectly self-contained 10-minute chunks the entire way through. They haven't stopped. I, I was delighted to be assigned this particular 10-minute chunk. There's just so much. I was much. delighted <laughs> that you were able to come and be a part of this 10-minute chunk. Yeah, Trin, uh, thank the, you. Yeah, it's uh, it's the most bisexual, as we all know. You know, it's bifrost, not the that's straight right. frost. That's right. <laughs> that's right. It has to. It, that's right. Though their their battle on the bifrost later is also very bisexual. Very right? <laughs> so, okay. uh, but yeah. So this ends with a perfect button of uh, Valkyrie coming out of this Loki trance and punching the dude in the face because uh, reliving that memory doesn't credit credits doesn't roll weaken her doesn't throw her off her game. She's still like, oh no, I remember what I was doing. I was knocking you the fuck out. Uh, and there we go. Trin, thank you for being part of this Me. wonderfully bisexual 10 Thanks, minutes Trin. of Thor Ragnarok. Thank you for having me. This has been a delight, and this movie is a delight, and both of you oh are goodness. delights. Back at uh, you. 
Back if at you. people want to listen to uh, to friendshipping, we'll put a we'll put a link down below. It's very lovely. You and Jen Bain have been doing it for a couple of years now. Yeah. Yeah, we have. Yeah, we just uh, it's a show about giving friendship advice and uh, talking about how to be nice to people. It is it is That's the awesome. sweetest, most pure friendship advice you will find on the internet too. That's what I love about it. Is there a lot of there are a lot of like advicey sort of podcasts, but what I like about yours is very much like, oh no, we're putting ourselves into the position of everyone who asks for advice is our friend. Everyone that they everyone that they're trying to interact with is a friend. Let's treat everybody as well as we can. And I think that's wonderful. This is like a necessary antidote to 2018. Thank you. Yeah, no, it's really like um, Jen and I get into a room once a week and compliment each other mm-hmm. for a half an hour and then like role play uh, the questions after that. It's it's really just like the light of my life. And Jen is my my better half, but just my friend. <laughs> uh, just like that one Valkyrie. They were just, they're just friends. Oh yeah, we're, no, we're, just we're friends. only friends. If she were to get stabbed, I would not be sent to a planet for all lost Aunt Linda, if things. you're listening, they were just friends. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you again. Uh, remember, if you'd like to uh, get a hold of us, we are on Twitter. It is the worst thing in the world, but we will be there. I'm at A Carboni. I am at Chuck Wendig. I'm at Trin and Tonic. It's like a gin and tonic, but with a me I get it. it. <laughs> and uh, we we do this once a week. You can email us at grandmaster at ragnatalk.com and we would appreciate it, it if you left us uh, a rating and a review on your podcast service of choice. Do it. Uh, bye, Chuck. I love you. I love you. I think you're both That's fair. okay. That's fair. You need <laughs> fair. to know us Legit. a little bit. <laughs> it's a slow burn with us. <laughs> <laughs> real, real slow, slow like <laughs> yeah we're just friends glacial epoch Love.